0: I was hopeless and lost, but now I can show people there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and if you don't see it, you just keep walking. Justin Bryan has an unbelievable story of overcoming addiction and finding his purpose in life thanks to his young son and a desire to be better for himself and those around him. He's now a motivational speaker and life coach dedicated to helping people find healthy coping mechanisms, the determination and the why to help them live the life they want and get out of the one they don't want to live Anymore. According to Justin, you have a reason to live. He joined me this week to share more of his transformational journey and to inspire others to make a positive change. I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> And Justin, if you're ready, I welcome you to the program, and I'm excited to learn all about your inspirational journey. Thanks so much for joining me this morning, and great to see you, buddy. Oh, it's good to see you, too. Thank you for inviting me to be
1: a part of your podcast. and sharing
0: Absolutely, and I'm I wanted to start our conversation by you giving me sort of an overview of your life because I know uh, that you've had an interesting journey and you tell people if they don't uh, see their path in life to keep walking. So can you tell me about your life's journey and how it made you into the person you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? Uh, It it started off good, man. And but, you know, in high school, I, I really started to, um, you know, compare myself to other people. I started to lose confidence in myself. And, I you know, and I just didn't see myself as worthy. And you know, that kind of transpired throughout my life. And, you know, what? If, if people were to look at me or tell me in high school, like, hey, Justin, you're going to be depressed. Hey, Justin, you're going to be an addict. And, hey, Justin, you're going to be suicidal. I would have looked at them and laughed because, you know, I... I didn't, for one, I didn't listen to anybody. I was a teenager. I thought I knew better than everyone. And, you know, I, I brought that into my adult life as well. Um, but I, I would have looked and laughed because, you know, I didn't know the reality of mental health. I didn't know the reality of what addiction can do to you. Um, you know, at so at 30 years old, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, ADHD, uh, social and general anxiety. And at 30, I was a full-blown alcoholic and a drug addict. And looking back on it now, I, I, you know, I never would have guessed I would have been there, but I mean, at 24 years old, it was a pivotal point in my life where a friend of mine asked me, do you think you're an alcoholic? And I straight up looked at him and said, no, I'm not. I'm, t- I told him I'm too smart to be an alcoholic. I'm too, you know, I kind of correlated it with being a low life. You know, those guys don't have their lives together. I pay my bills and I thought I was better than that. Um, about six months down the road, I had a, me and a friend were talking about depression and I looked at him straight up and I said, Hey, you know what? Depression is an excuse It's for the week. You got to man up, you got to go to work, you got to pay your bills. And so 24 years old, I looked at depression as being weak and alcoholism as being a low life. Little did I know that my two biggest problems were depression and addiction.
0: Yeah, and can you uh, tell me? I know because you have uh, some coping uh, coping mechanisms that sort of help people on their road to sort of dealing with those types of issues. And I I know that you have some uh, insights there, so I'm wondering if you could share those with me.
1: Yeah, I would love to. Um, Well, for me, it was a very long journey because you know I ended up becoming suicidal. I actually became an organ donor because I was preparing my body to die Um, I got kidney flush for my livers and my liver and, uh, or sorry, I got kidney flush for my kidneys um, and milk thistle for my liver. So I could put my body in a state where it was good enough to donate to somebody else because I just didn't see my worth. But you know what? My biggest thing I found along my way was, you know, I found the power of why so throughout my process of trying to get better, like I didn't start to get better till 28. It took me six years of actively trying to, or trying to quit drinking, you know, getting help. I've been over a hundred doctor's appointments. I spent 45 days in rehab or 70. My son could have somebody that uh, would grow up with a father that could take care of him. But eventually I started looking at him I'm like thinking, I'm like, man, you're like, what if I get better for him? Like if I get better for him, I get better for me. If I get better for me, I can help other people. Now, a lot, a lot of people are going to say, you got to do it for yourself. And I and I agree. But if you can't do it for yourself, if you're struggling to do it for yourself because you just don't love yourself or see your worth, you got to find a reason. And when you find that reason, it eventually comes back on you. So I found that reason and found my son. And so I went back to rehab. But in rehab, I went twice. The first time I went, I went for the wrong reasons to get out of town. I started drinking again after. And But the third time, I went, second time I went to Power of Why. But in rehab, we learned things like gratitude, you know, being grateful for the things that you have in life. And and by doing gratitude, you can actually rewire your brain for happiness. Uh, And if you, you know, if you're having a problem with gratitude and the biggest thing you can do is attach a feeling to it. Like anybody can say, oh, I'm grateful for this, but you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't work. Well, attach a feeling to it. So what if you didn't have that thing tomorrow? then it starts to work better we learn things of positive affirmations like i am statements like you know what i am strong i am loved i am smart i am recovery i am adversity it's reaffirming with yourself who you are uh we learn things like mindfulness you know there's mindful where you're just your mind's running all over the place and then there's mindful where you're, you're just taking in what's surrounding you the smells where you are what you've done so we learned the stuff on that but we also learned You know, um, acceptance and forgiveness. So there are things that are going to happen to you in your life um, that you have to accept because it's reality. You know, it happened, accept it. You don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. And then you got to forgive it. So if somebody did something to you, you got to forgive them. But you don't have to. The thing is, is like acceptance and forgiveness is for you. Um, You don't have to forgive them to their face, but you got to forgive them up here in your mind or you're just going to take it with you and you cannot create your future by living in the past. So we learned the power of acceptance and forgiveness. We also learned, you know, the difference between guilt and shame. And the difference is uh, the guilt is you did something bad, but shame is you are bad. So a lot of addicts or a lot of people that are struggling, they start to label themselves as bad. And for me, I knew my capabilities. Um, So I started to feel bad for feeling bad. I'm like, there's people that, you know, would love to be able to do what I can do and I'm wasting it. So then I started to got to reframe. Okay. You know what? I was dealt a different hand. You know, I didn't choose to be depressed, but I wasn't helping my depression by drinking. I didn't choose to be an addict, but I didn't help my addiction by picking up the bottle because I knew it was my choice to use or not. So you get, you start to, you get to learn things on, on coping mechanisms like that. But there's also things like, you know, uh, going for a walk, uh, eating a healthy diet because you are what you eat. Like if you, if you put sugar into your body, you know, sugar can depress you. It can make you lazy and then you're a lazy thinker. And then 25% of your glucose levels that you put in your body, go to your brain. So get out, get a healthy diet in, you know, your healthy fats, stuff like that, get your exercise in. Uh, I learned one of the best things to do is build that uh, support network, you know, um, I did a life coaching course from Kim Summers-Egglesley and she talks about hanging out with people that sue you. <laughs> and I know people are like, Oh, sue you. What do you mean? I'm like, well, they support you, uplift you and encourage you. So you want to hang out with people like that, but people that are not only going to be there for you, but to lend an ear with the intent of not to fix you. Right. Cause you, how many times, and I've been guilty of this too. Someone comes to you with a problem. You just want to fix it. But sometimes people just want to talk. So you got to surround yourself with those kind of people. And the biggest thing you can do um when you're feeling down, talk about it. Don't bottle it up because I lived by the man up stigma. Um and that hurt me mentally because I my internal dialogue was off off the rocker as I told myself all these things and how weak and pathetic and a failure I was. So learning to talk about it, getting rid of that man-up stigma. And you know what? I'm sure ladies have that too, how they talk to themselves. Oh, you shouldn't have these problems. The biggest thing I learned is you got to talk about it.
0: Yeah, and one of the biggest things you say is, is that th- there's power in uh, sharing your story. And it sounds like uh, your individual story has really helped y- you, you you to reach a sense of uh empowerment so i'm wondering if you can share about what do you think was your uh, breakthrough moment or sense of empowerment yourself
1: well you know what i i came out of, I came out of rehab again and you know i was riding that pink cloud that day and I was doing really well. Then all of a sudden I had my son and I had to take him up to stay with my mom because I've been living in my mom's basement suite at this point and uh, 34 years old. Um, and I couldn't keep my thoughts together. I didn't know how to live sober. I didn't know how to, you know, I stopped practicing everything I was taught. And that's the thing is you got to keep practicing what you're taught. It's all about repetition and keeping it going. So I fall off the wagon again. I slowly start drinking and all of a sudden, you know, one day comes and, I woke up, I'm still, still a little bit tipsy. And I called my mom down. I'm like, mom, you need to take me to the hospital. And she's like, why? I'm like, I'll tell you when I'm there. So we get to the hospital and I have my mom in front of me, my dad to the left and the counselor to the right. And I finally said out loud, listen, I have a plan and I plan plans to end it. And you know, it was just by saying it out loud to 50% of the weight off. But I finally started to realize that, you know my son's not gonna have a father if I don't change. I'm sick and tired of failing. I failed so many times. That is this is this the life that I want to live? Is this go against my values? So when you when you're doing something, have your list of values. Does it go against it? Because if you value something, and then what you're gonna do goes against your values, you're you're less likely to do it. Or does does it? You know, does it take you? closer to your goals or further away from your goals. So it took January 4th, 2019, I hospitalized myself. And that was the day I finally made the change. But on that day, I committed, I committed to journaling, um, listening to podcasts, you know, I journaled my feelings, I started listening to podcasts on people that struggled just like me. Um, I started reading, you know, listening to audibles while I work out. So I like to call it the learning girl, um, or listen to motivational speaking but it's, I had to, January 4th, I had to make that commitment to getting better and doing whatever I could to get better. And you know, since January 4th, 2019, I've been sober, I what's that, two and a half years now? And, you know, I still have my dark days, don't get me wrong, um, I'm not super mad. Um, I have coping mechanisms, but you know what? It's, it's accepting that you're gonna have bad days and that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanna commend you for the work that you've done in that area and, For uh, you, I'm curious, with this new lease on life, what's the best part of uh, living life for for you now, buddy?
1: Well, that's that's simple. You know what? When my kid was six months, six months, six months, years old, (laughs) that doesn't even make sense. When he was six months old, uh, my girlfriend had to make a tough decision to pick up and leave. Um, I wasn't a good environment to be around you know, just an alcoholic dad is, you know, it's, it's no good for, for children. Um, so she had to leave. Three years later, we were back together. Um, I get to see her and my son every single day. I got to um, coach him this year in hockey, soccer, and baseball. <laughs> we have another child on the way. But I had to earn it. You know, I had to earn my family back. Uh, there was a time where I, I was crying and staring at the back of my kid's head, thinking, I'm not going to make it. And am I ever going to see him score his first goal in hockey? And the answer was no. But, you know, right beside my desk, I have his puck from his first goal ever scored in hockey. And, you know, that's probably the best. That's the best part is getting my family back. But, you know, it, I had to earn it. And I never I never thought that I'd have to earn my family back, but I did. And then, you know, another good part is being able to, you know, motivate or inspire other people to, you know, let them know that they can do this, they can get through it. I mean, it is hard work, don't get me wrong. Um, But when I get people to reach out and say thank you and, you know, comment on my posts and giving them learning lessons and showing them that, you know, there is hope, uh, that's very rewarding.
0: And for you, what do you think, what would be your piece of advice for people looking to reclaim their lives and find their own sense of empowerment, buddy?
1: Find your why. There is a why out there. Um, And you know what? I was lucky that I had a son to make that my why. And find your why. You know what? Make it your own and always remember it. But remember that you know if you don't see light at the end of the tunnel, you just must keep on walking because eventually it will be light. After every night, the sun does rise. After every rain, the sun will show up. You gotta be patient, but you gotta put it in the work. And remember that you are somebody, somebody, and that you must love the person staring back at you.
0: Yeah, and, and to that point, how important do you think it is to celebrate every win that you have when, when you're attempting to up?
1: It's extremely important. I didn't really realize the importance of uh, building up those small wins because, you know, everyone thinks that you got to go do this grand old big thing and you have to make it happen. But it's those small wins along the way that is going to prepare you for the big win when you get there. So if you're becoming sober one day at a time, you know, if, if you're usually in your bed seven days a week because you're depressed. Okay. If next week you're in bed, six days, one day, that's a small win. Then it might go to two days. You're, you're getting up Goes to three days. It comes then you're all of a sudden you're seven days out of your house and that's the big win. So stack those small wins.
0: Absolutely. And uh, just I'm, I'm curious to ask you about uh, your own per, uh, personal and uh, professional legacy. How do you think you want that to be defined, Bud?
1: Well, I want to be the guy that's known to make everybody smile. You know, it's wherever you go, you make you make people smile or, you know, I would love it if someone came up to me and just said, you know, because of you, I didn't give up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how can uh, people get connected with you if they're so inclined to do that?
1: Uh, Well, I have a website, www.justinbryan.com. There you can access me as a coach or a speaker. Um, I do have a 12 week personal development program called the Stronger You Project, where you work with me one on one for 12 weeks. It's essentially 14 weeks because you get an onboarding call and a graduation call and you even get a certificate. Um, And we just work one on one and finding what you want to create in life, what you want to push past. And I also I go around and I speak at schools and, you know, sports teams, uh, businesses. I speak on mental health, addiction, workplace wellness and finding your why. Or you can also find me at um, Justin Brian 19 on Instagram or just Justin Brian on Facebook. I turn those personal ones into kind of my professional one. And I like to put out content. Like I want most of my stuff will have a message to be shared. And, uh, or you can just reach out to me, Justin at JustinBrand.com. Let me know what you got out of this uh, podcast. If anything stuck out for you, or if you know, if you just want to chat or set up a call and maybe see uh, what you want to create in life.
0: Fantastic. Justin. I want to thank you uh, for joining me today. I commend you on the strides I, you've taken. And I, I, I want to, Uh, Thank you for your time and insights, buddy. They're most appreciated. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you having me.